0: to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 29th of November, 2015. Here's missionary Tom Hastings. There was in a big hall and a man was preaching and, and some people at the very back raised their hand and said, speak louder, we can't hear you. And he preached a little louder and they stood up and preached louder. We still can't hear you. And finally, someone at the front stood up and said, be thankful that you can't hear. No. (laughs) But uh, no, it's good to see here. It's good to see the emphasis upon missions. Uh, Missions is not the right arm of the church. Missions is the heart of a church. It's the heart of a Christian and uh, people say, you're either a missionary or a mission field. And uh, we need to have the heart for uh, for others. I've been to uh, Romania uh, several times and done ministry over there. That's how we've got to know each other, Brother Daniel and I. And uh, we found out just, I think, the second day we got here that we'll be going back there again in... Uh, in January, for a week, and holding a, a revival mission over there, and we enjoy that. We we enjoy being uh, trying, letting, uh, instru- being an instrument of God to be a blessing to others, and uh, to strengthen mission churches. I see your different uh, your flags here. I appreciate that. I, I see no flag from Germany, though. Uh, we, anyway, <laughs> but uh, that's another great field. Uh, of work, a ministry that the Lord needs. And uh, we thank the Lord that the Lord has used us for many, many years over there in Germany. And uh, the prayer cards back there are prayer cards. They're not file 13 cards. They're something for you to take if you're going to pray. And we appreciate your prayers very much that God might use us to His honor and to His glory. Uh, One thing, we talked about families, and we're going to be talking about that again tonight, some of our communication with each other being, and that's a big problem, being able to communicate, being able to understand each other, and uh, some keys to that, uh, Lord willing, that's what I'll be uh, speaking on tonight. There, today, uh, this morning, I'd like to have you turn with me to Second Kings chapter 22. Second Kings chapter 22, a uh, uh, very unusual. Happening, Uh, I I think you could imagine that, what took place then. But we're going to read here verses 1 through 11. And as we read that, I'd like to ask you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word in honor of God's Word. 2 Kings 22, God's Word says, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned thirty and one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jediah the daughter of Adoniah of Bos- Boschath, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the way of David his father and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. And it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah Uz- that the king sent Saphan the son of Azaliah, and the son of Mazulam, the scribe, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, that he may uh, sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door have gathered of the people. And let them deliver it unto the into the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And let them give it to the doers of the work, which is in the house of the Lord, to repair the breaches of the house unto carpenters and builders and masons and to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. Albeit there was no reckoning made with them of the money that was delivered under their hand because they dealt faithfully. And Helkiah, the high priest, said unto Saphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Helkiah gave the book to Saphon, and he read it. And Saphon the scribe came to the king and brought the king word again and said, Thy servants have gathered the money that was found in the house and have delivered it unto the hand of them that uh, do the work, that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And Saphon the scribe showed the king saying, Hilkiah the priest hath delivered, to me, delivered me a book, and Saphon read it before the king, and it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the book of the law that he rent his clothes. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and God, we thank you for the great possession that we have of the word, thy word of God. Lord, we thank you for not only having the written word, but having the living word living within our hearts. And God, we thank you for the privilege of your great salvation that is dependent totally upon thy faithfulness. And God, that we have the privilege to serve and to worship you. And God, we do seek to have revival in our hearts, revival in our families, revival in our church, God, that we might be more effective in reaching out and being, uh, bringing glory to you and bringing your wonderful salvation to those around about us. We thank you for your blessing this morning, Lord, that we might truly glorify you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our ministry in Germany, it's been a long journey, and it's been not an easy journey in many ways. When we first came to Germany, I was 25 years of age, and... uh, our our oldest daughter was 3 years old at that time and our son was like 6 months after this is over my wife can correct me on exactly the times and dates but uh, and our youngest was born in germany and uh, and so we we raised him in, in, over there and god gave us ministry first of all we in the actually the first uh, about year that we were in germany we helped an american military church it was near uh, Bitburg, Germany, Spangdalem, and we saw some real results there—some many souls saved and baptized. But then we started into our German ministry, and uh, it's a very—it's uh, a not easy, not doesn't go overnight. Uh, there's many things that go into it, and and uh, we have seen souls saved and uh, churches that have been built, and we thank God for that. And uh, but you can pray for us in Germany. Uh, And also, God has enlarged our vision. Actually, before I ever went to Germany, I had a prayer and a hope that uh, we would be able to have a help to missionaries and to mission work throughout Europe. And truly, God has answered that desire of our hearts. Uh, We are going regularly to other ministries. We've been uh, to—actually, we went down to Italy— Ten times, we've been there holding mission trips. We went over to Siberia uh, five times. We had ministries over there. Uh, and we went there in, in the winter time. And if I can tell you something, people ask, well, what's like winter in, in Siberia? It's cold. It's cold. They have uh, Coke machines over there. And the Coke machines mostly are there to keep the pop from freezing. And uh, it's, it's just different. But uh, the first time we were flying into there, we were flying on a, a Siberian Airlines, and um, uh, many of the seats did not work. There was like uh, uh, as moist on the floor of the bathrooms, and many things like that. And uh, we Sandy looked at me and she said, "You know, I don't think we'll want to do this again." <laughs> but you know, as we got there and. And we're able to get to know the people there and see uh, the need. And God has given, particularly my wife, but us, a, an ability to bond with people of other nationalities. And, you know, there's a bond in Jesus Christ. There's a, a closeness. And uh, I'm glad to hear already, as I've met many of you and talked with you, uh, although our, my language as American, you know, Hastings is a good English name. That's my ancestry, yeah? and uh, But this is my first time really to be in England to spend any time. And I've had, I told my wife uh, sometimes, that she asked, is there any place you've not gone that you'd like to go? And I said, well, I'd like to go to England sometime. Well, here I am. And uh, I, I've, good to meet you. And I, I hope that my language is not too distractive from what the message is today. But It's amazing to to be able to be used of God to see people come to Christ. And you don't know their language, but God can use a translator. I call that an interrupter. That's what Brother Daniel is many times for me, an interrupter. And uh, But yeah, because you have to stop for the translation. But uh, it's amazing to see how close you can get to people. Because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. And one thing uh, about a family is we need revival. We need revival. As a matter of fact, I remember the, what happened on September the 11th, 2001. At that time, our German church was hosting an English service for ministers. Uh, our home pastor was there. My son was there. And, uh, and another pastor was there, and they preached on Revival. They preached on revival in the family. They preached on revival in the church. They preached on revival in the community. And this is what we need to look for. But it starts in our individuals, in our own hearts. And I I pray that, uh, you know, that we might all open our hearts to the Lord. And that each individually, you can experience the joy of renewal, of God working within our heart. And uh, we want to look here and see some things that happened in this life. Uh, It's hard for me to comprehend. Here's Josiah, six years old, when he became the king of Judah. Amazing with his age, and and he was there for a long time. Seven? Eight. Eight years old. You're right, sir. I stand corrected. He was eight years old, but still young. (laughs) And when he became king. And so he, he came and he was there and his, his mother was a, 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 of J- Jerusalem. And it says here in verse 2, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of David his father and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. He, he really had a heart to seek God. And that's what we all need. We all need. There are so many things that try to distract us from being what God wants us to be. The world is evangelistic. You know, if we do not teach our children to love God and to serve God, the world will teach them not to. But teach them to serve the world and to serve the devil. And it's so important that we have a heart for this to see uh, among our children. And it's so important that we as adults, that we are examples, that we come and we do have a heart for the Lord. And we start young. Some people, uh, I remember when I, after I got saved, I was raised in a Protestant home, actually Presbyterian, and uh, uh, I came to know Christ as my savior when I was 15 years of age, and God put a desire in my heart to serve God, to worship God. Uh, I came and I went out to Colorado. uh, that's where I met my wife, and and I was searching there for a church. God showed me that uh, the church that I was in was not really biblical. It wasn't godly. There was things going on that just wasn't right, didn't line up with God's Word. And so I searched. I searched to find uh, the truth, the truth according to God's Word. And I finally found out in Pueblo, Colorado, a, a Baptist church out there, that when I asked them questions, they answered me from the Word of God, not from the traditions of man, not from the ideas of man, but from truly from the Word of God. And they they questioned me, and uh, they they recognized that I had a salvation that wasn't dependent upon a church. It was dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And our salvation is alone in Jesus Christ. And so I came, and I remember as uh, I was coming and becoming very active, I began directly also in the church there, was baptized. And uh, one of the first things I did, I, I got involved in uh, just all the services. I tell you, it's, imper- it's important to be in God's house when God's word is being taught, to make the effort, to take the time to be there. That's, those are important steps. I never will forget the time. Uh, a, a very godly uh, friend of mine, uh, Dr. Tom Lancaster, I remember he was standing in church on a Wednesday night in a meeting, and he said, you know, the fact that I am here in this church tonight is because of a decision I made 50 years ago. He said, 50 years ago I realized that my life belonged to Jesus Christ and I, he loved his church, he paid his blood, he died for the church, and that I was going to be in church when church was being had. And he says, so my being here in church tonight is because of a commitment I made to Jesus Christ. We want to look at that today, talking about that, this commitment of being an example of being in church and serving God. And uh, I tell you, this morning in the Sunday school class, we had a wonderful lesson, a lesson that's much needed in our day and age today. And uh, we will miss out on many things if we don't come whenever God's word is being taught. But well, we find here that the steps to revival uh, is found, first of all, in a desire to God's house. Read. Let's read again verses 4 through 6 here. Uh, Go up to Helkiah the high priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord which the keepers of the door have gathered of the people and let them deliver it unto the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord and let them give it to the doers of the work which is in the house of the Lord to repair the breaches of the house and carpenters and builders and masons uh, and to buy timber and hewn stone uh, to repair the house. You see, revival. And I, I believe all of us, If you have children, if you have grandchildren, if you have friends, you have a desire that they be happy in God, as we sang this morning, that they be blessed of God, that they have not only a joy of being in God's house, but they have the joy of the certainty of the future with God around his throne in heaven. And so you want them to have that. They need to come under the sound of the gospel. And we need to be uh, very active in cultivating the friendship to our children and and that they learn that they are loved of God and that it pays to serve God. Uh, God will glorify himself here in the church. In Ephesians 3.10, God's word, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. We are not here primarily because we enjoy it. Now, we should enjoy it. In fact, I was thinking going through reading the Old Testament uh, that in the, in the uh, Pentateuch talking about in the going into the... There, there's commands and Psalms. You are to go and you are to rejoice in your God, in God's house. He said, well, how can he command that? If you do things God's way, you will have God's results. God wants us to be joyful and Jesus Christ, our Lord, is our joy. He is our joy. And if you come and do things God's way, you will be joyful. That doesn't mean you will not have hard things. You will. We live in the world. Jesus Christ, in the world, you shall have uh, tribulation. But he has overcome the world. We need these problems. We need these difficulties to see how Jesus Christ can work in us in spite of our difficulties. And even through our difficulties, thank God. We have a God who gives us and renews his work. You see, you come to a church, God will supply our needs in God's church. In Philippians 4 and verse 19, God's word says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I think of when I came back and... uh, I had a burden in my heart after I was saved when I was 15 years of age. I wanted to help people. And so I went into the church of God, into Jesus, the Baptist church there in Pueblo, Colorado. And God gave me an avenue of service where I could, I started teaching right away in the junior high class. I don't know, about 12 to 14 years of age. I was began teaching in the class and I went out on visitation. Uh, I was involved in that. I got involved in the choir. I got involved, and God supplied my needs. He gave me an avenue where I could see how I could help people, how God could minister through me to other people. God supplied my need. I needed a wife. And believe me, we we need wives. I talk about in Colorado, they talk about the gold mines that used to be there. Well, I got my gold piece over there in Colorado, my wife. God supplied a great need. Praise God for that. He knows your need. And I'll give you one clue. We have many times things that we think we need. And many times it's things that we really do need. And so we get impatient. And people start to say, well, I I want this now. It's a heartbreak to our heart. There's a young lady that was saved in our ministry. She came to know Christ uh, perhaps four years ago, five years ago. And she got into church and God started doing some things in her life. Uh, but she finally, and we said, she, she, wanted, a, uh, she wanted a husband. And, and she got, she, and she, her own words is she got tired of waiting on God. And right now, she's moved away from the church. She's living with a man. She's living with a man. this man has two children and he has not even been married yet. It's a wicked world today, and, and she is throwing away so much treasure and blessing that she had by just being impatient. I'll tell you what, you serve God, and God in his time will supply. Keep your heart upon the Lord, uh, and God will provide your needs today. He provides our spiritual need that's talking about our great salvation. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He gives us a great mental strength. God will strengthen our minds to where we have the discipline to live and do what is right. God will strengthen us and give us strength in uh, that way mentally and wisdom. He will make us wiser than our, our teachers even. In God's word, praise the Lord. But he will also supply our physical needs. You know, God has uh, promised, many, has many wonderful promises, and also he knows our physical needs. Uh, I'm going to read with you here in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 28. And why take ye thought for your raiment? What are we going to wear? Why think ye thought of for raiment? Consider the lilies of the fields, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek? For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You see, we tend to, as individuals, we think, well, I've got to have, uh, I've got to have, i got to pay the rent. I've got to have something to eat. I've got to have, you know what? God knows that you need these things. And God has promised to supply them. But the, his priorities is to seek ye first the kingdom of God. Not second. Not, oh, well, I'm going to do this. I've seen people who come and they'll, they'll say, well, here's a good job over here. I want to go to this job. And, and uh, they come and they think, well, it's, it's a good paying job. But they don't think of the fact that it puts them on a shift work that takes them out of church half the time. Sometimes they don't think of the fact that it's going to be a far away that they have to drive back and forth that makes them so weary that it's almost impossible for them to be in church and to serve God. We need to come and take the service of God as the first priority, not down the road, but to realize we are here to serve our King to honor our king in our lives. And as we put him first and let him be actually the determinant factor in our lives, he will bless us and he will use us. I remember when uh, I went to Bible college and I had just graduated from university and I'd gone there and, and I had a concept that I could perhaps do this or that. And you know what, I really, the first job I got when I uh, went to Bible college, the first job I got was being a janitor in a Catholic rest home. Now, there was another man there that went to college at the same time I did. And he was, uh, he was a businessman. He'd been a successful businessman. And he had in his concept, well, I'm able to go to church, and I'll be able to go to Bible college, and I'll be able to uh, start a business, and I'll be able to make money doing that way, and that'll work. But you know what? It didn't open up that way. He was not able to start the business he wanted to. And you know what? He didn't make it through the first semester. I came and whatever God opened for me to do and said, okay, you need to be a janitor, then be a janitor. Do what it is necessary to get the training, to get the preparation. Uh, that uh, is I, That is really the uh, basic premise of being able to do God's work is whatever it takes, whatever it takes. If it's sometimes cleaning the bathrooms, I don't care what it is, do what's necessary that God gives you to do and do it for his honor and glory. He will supply our need as we put him first in our life. Now, a desire to God's house. We've started here in Second Kings 22. And it started out with a caring for God's house. You know, you can't be wrong with God's church and be right with God. Some people think, well, uh, there's not doing this way and there's something that you don't think is right. And so they go off on their own. They, uh, you know, the devil likes to get us upset over little things so that we miss out on the big things. Uh, you know, people say, well, you got different ideas, different concept of how it could be done and should be done. Uh, there's so many differences among us in our attitudes, our backgrounds. Uh, we need to come and realize Actually, whether it's done the way I want to do it or not, that's not the important thing. It's whether or not together we honor the King of kings and Lord of lords. That's the key to blessing in your family. It's not this way or that way. It's God's way and letting him work all things together to good, to glorify him. Yes, we need to learn to, to, to follow the leadership of the church. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 and 25, the word of God says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. And this is talking about the day of the Lord's return. One of these days he's coming back. You may be in the middle of some problem and a mess maybe, but it may be today the Lord takes us all home to be with him in glory. Praise God, we need to uh, exhort one another to be faithful in the assembling of ourselves together to be in in God's house. So it comes together, starts out with being uh, associated with God's house, but it also deals with the preaching of God's word. Uh, we, We read here, uh, beginning in verse 9 of our text, well, let's see, begin verse 8 here, and Hilkiah, the high priest, said unto Saphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. You ought to think about that. Do you realize what a precious commodity we have? That Each one of us has a Bible. You, you don't have a Bible, <clears throat> I'm sure we can get you one. But you know, back then, they didn't have a Bible like that, everyone. It was kept at the house. They, they made some copies of it, but man, we've got a great treasure. And you know, the question today isn't whether or not you have a Bible. Every one of us can and should have a Bible. It's a matter of how much of you does the Bible have. How much, how... Far are your roots down into the word of God. We need to have the nourishment and strength of God's house, God's word in our lives. They, they came. He found the book of the law, the that written by Moses, and he read it. It says, and Hilkiah gave the book to Simon, and he read it. We must read it. Having a book of God, having the word of God in our house, on a shelf, doesn't help us a bit. It needs to be in our heart. We need to be reading it. We need to be consuming it and letting it consume us. And so then, Saphan came to the king. And he came to make the report. And in verse 10, at the end of that, it says, And Saphan read it before the king. Uh I, I, that's important that we give the God, word of God further. You get it. Praise God. But I tell you, we need to get to the people around us, our neighbors, our friends. And uh, believe me, it's an opportunity that we have of giving God's word out to others. Uh, Peter came and denied the Lord three times. Now, well, he wasn't alone. Actually, all the apostles left the Lord and went away. Christ was left alone. To go to judgment. But as he came back to him and as he talked to him and asked him if he loved him, each time he asked him three times if he loved him. And when he says, Yes, I really care for you, Lord, he says, Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. We are to be a blessing for others. You know, as I said, missions is the heart of a Christian, having a heart for others. Praise God, we have a wonderful salvation. But I'll tell you what, there's so many people out there around about this community, around about this world that are waiting and that have never heard the gospel. They've never, and you know, it's not just a matter of hearing it. It's a matter of seeing it in our lives, seeing what God is doing in our hearts and can see that Jesus Christ is alive, that he's real, that he changes lives, that he gives victories. Our children need to see that in our lives, and we need to make sure it is shown. So it comes uh, through the preaching around God's Word. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Praise God, that's why we're here today. You know, you cannot honor God without honoring His house, the house of God. You cannot honor God without honoring His Word. Do you honor God's Word? with reading, with applying it, with learning it. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. God, help us to have his word uh, really deep down rooted in a part of our soul. Praise God. But you know what? You need to honor God's man too. Need to honor God's man. If we uh, do not honor God with our love and obedience, then he will not honor us with the revival. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 2. 1 Samuel chapter 2. This is dealing uh, with uh, with Eli who was a priest at that time. Uh, I'm going to read here in 1 Samuel 2, beginning in verse 27. And there came a man of God to Eli and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt, in Pharaoh's house? as? See, uh, they, his family was chosen to be the priest through Aaron. In verse 28, and did, I, uh, and did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incest, to wear an apod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire unto the children of Israel? Uh, wherefore, kick ye at my sacrifice, and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the cheapest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thy house, and thou shalt see an enemy in thy in my habitation in all the wealth which God shall give Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thine house forever, and the man of thine whom I shall cut off, not cut off from mine altar shall be to consume thine eyes. In one day, verse 34, he says, In one day they shall buy both, talking about their two sons, because they came and did not do things according to God's way. They did not honor God. They did not obey God. They were cut off as God's priests. And he also died the same day. We need to be willing to serve God and put him first and to honor him even when it hurts. We're going to serve the Lord. They came and the, the Siphon came and read it to, to the king. He, back in second Kings 22, he read the law to the king and the king came in verse 11 and came so when the king had heard the words of the book of the law that he rent his clothes, he came and he did Repentance. He said, we have sinned against God. And you know, godly repentance is so necessary today. People don't like to hear about this. But you know, when we live in sin, when we do things wrong, when we grow cold, when we fail to be fervent in our service of God and honoring Him and our families, we need to come and realize we have to turn to God. We have to let God change things and turn things around. We deserve God's wrath in our own selves when we grow cold and serve don't serve him. Isaiah 59, and verses 1 through 3, the word of God tells us, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies and your tongue has muttered muttered perverseness. When God comes and speaks to our hearts and there's something wrong, we don't need to justify them. That's what our flesh, oh, you know, we're not so bad as some people. We need to come and when God speaks to our heart and there's something not right, not in order, we need to come and repent. We need to turn from it. We need to find revival with God coming and uh, changing our lives. We need to realize that our, our utter sinfulness without the Lord. And if you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as Savior, you say, well, you're not so bad as some other people. Uh, you know, Jesus Christ said, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. We all need to repent, re- repent and turn from what's wrong. Jesus Christ said also in John 15, 5, For without me ye can do nothing. Uh, and Jesus Christ said, Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. We do sin, and without true repentance, our spiritual lives will waste away. We will grow slowly cold and, the, and we will grow to the place where we will not be used of God. Forgiveness comes only with the confession and forsaking of sin. Proverbs 28 and verse 13, the word of God tells us, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh, them shall, them shall have mercy. Confessing our sins is not enough forsaking, turning our back on them, coming and saying, God, cleanse me and make me usable in your sight. Uh, You know, we cannot fix up our relationship with God. I've known people and I think the idea comes to our mind sometimes, well, I don't want to do this that God has called me to do. I'll make up for it by doing something else. You can't make deals with God. Uh, We can't fix up our relationship. You might turn over a a a leaf and try to do things better. But I tell you what, if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you will not get it straightened out. The Word of God says in Hebrews 9, 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no forgiveness for anybody outside of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Praise God, he is there for everyone. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We are all necessary to come and repent to him. Uh, Our doing more and giving more will never replace true repentance and obedience. Uh, God's word tells us also in Psalm 51, verse 16 and 7, uh, For thou desirest not sacrifice. Else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God. Thou wilt not espy. We must humble ourselves before God uh, to get this straightened out. Uh, Let God straighten us out. We cannot, we can just let God apply His salvation and bring us in order. In Isaiah 57 and verse 15, the word of God says, For thus saith the high and the holy one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Uh, God help our hearts to be tender and to realize how they, there was a Lord in England who cared very much to take care of poor people. He would open his house and he would provide meals. He would provide clothes for the people that had no clothes, that were all worn out and all dirty. And he came to that and he he knew a pastor, a pastor, a Baptist pastor that was in the area he knew personally. And he would come and have him come in and have fellowship with him and talk with him. And the pastor would talk to this wealthy Englishman, this Lord, and tell him of his need of Jesus Christ as Savior. And whenever he did this, this uh, Lord... Responded as many people do, and he would say, "Well, you know, I do so much for people. I do so much for people." We had a doctor like this in Germany. Doctor wrote, and we would witness to him again and again, and we would pray for him. We would deal for him. He is now dead, but he never received Christ as Savior. He thought he was a good doctor by being good to people. He could get. He would earn his way to heaven. Praise God, his wife, my, mother, my wife was able to lead her to Christ and she was saved. But this man thought he was okay because he's helping people. And so one time the pastor was given a way to give an illustration to him. He said, now you provide clothes for these people and many times they are poor, dirty beggars. What would you think if one of those beggars came back to you and you had provided some brand new, beautiful clothes for them, and they would come to you with the old rags, filthy rags that they have been wearing, and give those rags to you, and say, this is the payment for the clothes that you gave me. He said, boy, if they did that, I would be insulted. He says, that's what you do. When you come to God, with your own actions, with your own goodness, and say you are earning his salvation. It is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. We must come as sinners, repenting of our sins and receiving Jesus Christ, that all glory comes to him. We cannot earn anything by God. We deserve through our works to be right now in a devil's hell, we can only be thankful that we are saved by grace as we come and repent and turn over and accept his free gift of salvation. And if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior, I say you, you, need revival. You need the great salvation. And we who are saved, God help us to live in revival, to honor our God, to honor his church, to honor our the man of God, and the servants of God. God, help us to be used of God in these ways. Let's stand and look to the Lord in prayer. Our Lord and God, I thank you today that you have seen fit to come down and to save a filthy sinner like Tom Hastings. Lord, if I had what I deserve today, I would be in the hell. And God, I'm thankful for your precious blood that has washed my sins away. And God, that you've given us a wonderful, a wonderful message of renewal, of really giving life to others that are waiting around about us. God, we all have our problems, but Lord, we have you. And God, help us to share you with those around about us. Give us a heart. Give us your heart for the lost around about us. And God, to really lift up and look unto them. I thank you for the faithfulness of the saints here through the years. But God, may we see revival, renewal in our church here, in our ministry. God, may you be glorified here. I thank you for the faithfulness of this fine pastor and his wife too. God, bless them and the workers here and the Sunday school teachers. Lord, we know that uh, we will see a revival, a working and a reward in heaven for faithful to you. And God, I pray for that one here today that knows you not as Savior, that even today they would come and receive you as Savior. I pray in Christ's name, amen.